0: After the funeral, James came straight home to look after his brother. He left Mr. and Mrs. Pike standing on that windy hillside while their little boy wandered in circles nearby. And the only one who saw James go was Joan. She looked over at him, but she didn't say anything. When he was a few steps away, he heard her say, We have to go home now, Aunt Lou. We have to go down. But Mrs. Pike was silent, and all James heard for an answer was the roaring of the wind. Going down the hill, he took big steps. He was a tall man, and the steepness of the hill made him walk faster than he wanted to. It was too hot to walk fast. The sun was white and glaring and soaked deep in through the mat of his black hair, and his face felt slick when he wiped it with the back of his hand. Part way down the hill, he stopped and took off his suit jacket. While he was rolling up his shirt sleeves, he looked back at the grave to see if the others were coming, but their backs were still turned toward him. From here it seemed as if that wind hardly touched them. They stood like stones, wearing black, with their heads down and their figures making straight black marks against the sky. The only thing moving was little Simon Pike as he picked his way down through the dry brambles toward James. Simon looked strange, dressed up. He had always worn Levi's and crumpled leather boots, but today someone had made him put his suit on. That would be Joan. Mrs. Pike had looked at nothing but the ground for two days now and couldn't notice what Simon wore. Joan would have polished those white dress shoes that Simon was getting all grass stained and taken out the last inch of cuff on his sleeves so that they could cover his wrists. There was a thin, faint line above each of his cuffs where the old hem had been. James could see it clearly when Simon came up even with him. He stood staring at the cuffs for a long time and then he shifted his eyes to Simon's face and saw Simon frowning up at him. His eyebrows squinched into one straight line across his forehead, and his mouth held tight against the wind. I'm coming too, he told James. His voice had a low, froggy sound. He was barely ten, but in a year or two his voice would begin to change. James nodded and finished rolling up his shirt sleeves. There was a band of dampness beneath his collar. He loosened his tie and unbuttoned the top button of his shirt, and then he began walking again with Simon beside him. Now he went more slowly, bracing himself against the steepness of the hill. Each time he took one step, Simon took two, but when he looked over at Simon to see if he was growing tired, Simon ignored him and walked faster. He wasn't sweating at all. He looked cold. James wiped his face on his shirt sleeve and followed him down between the rocks. Getting near lunchtime, he said finally. Simon didn't answer. Want to eat with Ansel and me? Well, don't worry about your mother. I'll tell her where you are. Simon said something to his shoes, but James couldn't hear. What's that? he asked. I wouldn't bother. We'll tell your cousin Joan then, said James, soon as she gets back.